0: say a special thanks for the folks that spent some time this week and, and uh, got our, our building all foo-fooed up. I found that was the word foo-foo. I didn't, I didn't know that was the word, but foo-foo is actually a word. I also learned something that, uh, you know, you never get too old to learn, but you need to. Uh, so when this all started, I thought, well, I ought to come over and be a blessing. And so I walked over here, and there were five or six ladies here. And I found out there were five or six chiefs here. Guess who the Indian was? I thought I was chief, but I found out, no, I'd be Indian. And so I've learned that. You know, I should have passed on by when I saw who was here. But so, you know, they did a beautiful job. Everything looked really nice. They were very, very grateful and thankful I always love the Christmas season. I enjoy, uh, oh, Loretta, I didn't see you back there. How are you? Good to see you. I've been praying for you, Loretta Parker. I, you know she's been going through a very difficult time, and I missed you earlier. So, I'll, I'll talk to you personally later. Anyway, and <laughs> just happened to spy you, but anyway, we're very, very grateful for this time of the year. And I know there's some folks, and you know they because Christmas is so commercialized and all that kind of stuff, uh, they they think it's almost a bad thing to. To do to be a part of it, but I, I just enjoy this time of the year, and I think we need to rejoice over it and be grateful for it and be thankful for it. I think it's a wonderful time, and we're glad uh, to be a part of it. As we closing out this year, we've been trying to share some things with you that are very practical, some things that you could take home with you and use during the week that'll be helpful. One of the things a couple of weeks ago is that we dealt with the area of depression, and discouragement, and and there's not anyone I mean we, we, we talked about it there's something that if we have something in common that's what it is depression discouragement and we also mentioned this to you uh, the reality of how contagious it is you get around someone that's down and and depressed and all that kind of stuff and it's it's very difficult for you not to be affected by that Now, and, and so you have to work real hard as we talked about that we shared with you in the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 a Nehemiah about that you say well I, I like to have heard that lesson well if you'll pick this up, this is how to download our app. And if you'll put this on your phone, you can download those messages and be able to hear them. We want you to be able to hear them. We want you to be able to benefit by them. Uh, we talked a couple, well, last week, in fact, we were in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're dealing with difficulties. And that's another thing that we all have a tendency to be a part of our life. It doesn't really matter who you may be, what gender you may be, what age you may be. It doesn't really matter. We all deal with difficulties. And the comforting thing is that as we look at the Word of God, we can see these people also dealt with difficulties. And I'm really glad. (laughs) Don't you hate to think you're the only one going through that problem or that difficulty? You're the only one that's facing that. But in reality, that's not the case. We all, our our lives are very similar. Three statements I want to make, and I want to nail this lesson down for you this morning in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 8. Here's the three statements. Number one, dealing with difficulties. God is not picking on you. He's preparing you. Okay? Statement number one. Statement number two difficulties come into our life as tests god is not picking on us these are tests and then the third which i believe is uh, so very important we come out of the difficulties bitter or better the choice is yours when you go through these difficulties you'll come out of them and you know (laughs) one of the things we mentioned there's a scripture says these things shall also pass and they will pass but the residual effects does not pass. And so therefore when we go through these difficulties, if we think God is picking on us or we think we don't know why we're going through these situations and all, uh, we can come out of there very bitter. and God doesn't want that for us. God wants, you know, sometimes I don't know what we're, our thinking is on this, but God really wants us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. God really wants that for us. He desires for his children, as you as a parent and a grandparent desire for your grandchildren and your children. We want them to be happy. We want them to have that. And God is the same way. And so I think it's very important as we deal with these very practical situations to understand that God desires for you this morning what a great gift that he wants to give you, this gift of, of joy that God has for us. Now, last week, real quick, We shared a couple things in the area of difficulties. Uh, Verse 8, let me give you a quick review. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. The first one we gave you last week is dealing with a major change. And one of the things we said, real believers will follow God's leading without knowing where. God came to Abraham who lived in a city called Ur. (laughs) <laughs> I just like that. I live in Ur. And so he lived in Ur in Mesopotamia. And God came to him and said, Abraham, I want you to leave this place. I got a place for you, a place I promised you. And I want you to get out of here. Of course, we understand that he was 75 years old. You know, he was a young guy. And uh, anyway, <clears throat> and, so he was, uh, and so he was, of course, he loved change. Because we all love change. And so anyway, and so God said to Abraham, I want you to make this major change. I want you to go to a place I've prepared for you. And, of course, we, we made comments last time. of saying, well, you know, God, where do you want me to go? He didn't tell him. When will I get there? He didn't say that to him. I mean, it was a lot of a, it took a lot of faith on his part. And you know what I found out about faith? It's a whole lot to talk about. It's a whole lot easier to talk about faith than to live faith. It's easy to talk about. But when it comes to a reality to live faith. And so we see that the first difficulty that Abraham had was the area of a major change. And a real believer will follow God's leading without knowing where. Keep reading, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned in a land of promise as a strange country dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him have the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. The second difficulty we talked about last week is a delayed promise. A real believer will wait for God's timing without knowing when. Have you ever said the right thing at the wrong time? Yeah, it happens. I mean, you just... <laughs> You know, what you said wasn't, it wasn't true, but it wasn't, the timing wasn't good. Uh, You probably shouldn't have said that at that particular time. Maybe whatever you shared that was true, certainly they needed, but at that time, they didn't really need it. You need to be, you know, timing is so very important. And so we find that Abraham, he was willing to trust God's timing. Have you ever been in a hurry and think God is not? I mean, you just really, you really want to get this thing done, and, and it seems like God is dragging his feet, and you don't understand, because you actually know when you ought to get this thing done, and so it's very difficult. Timing is so very important, and we find in Abraham's case, God said, I, I've got a place for you, and it's interesting, when you start studying about this, it was three generations after this when the promised land come into play in their life. What a long time to wait. But a long time to kind of be in neutral. And you may be here this morning, you feel like you're in neutral. The, the things that are going on in your life, you'd like for them to be kind of you know, speeding up a little bit and getting these things done. And, and we really feel that if that would happen, it'd be the good thing. And, but a real believer will trust God when it comes to his, to his timing, when it, when it comes to you know when is God going to do this. Let's go on. Continue reading in verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, sparing there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars in the sky in the multitude and as the sand which is by the sea, shores innumerable. Now, you you know what's going on here. Uh, We know the story of Abraham. You know, it's always when some, when some lady is a little bit older and she has getting ready to have a child. Uh, we just found out a, a friend of ours who's older, and she's getting ready to have a child and all. And we kind of call her Sarah because we think, well, you know, it's past childbearing. And Abraham, when this, you know, here is the deal, guys. You know what Abraham's name meant? Father of nations, father of many nations. Now, the problem with that was he had no children. You can see the problem, can't you? I mean, his name said lots of kids, but reality, he didn't have any of that, and so therefore, that's kind of a predicament to him, him to be in. And so, about 99 years old, and she was about 90 something, and and God came to him and said, "All right, man, you're going to have a baby." I can't imagine what a 90 year old woman must be thinking right then. I mean, thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I mean I, he, I don't know that she, I don't know that she was laughing. I think that laugh was more of tears going on. I mean, ninety years old and all, so just all ramifications of that. You kind of think of yourself at the age you are right now, and you find out you're expecting a oh, boy. And uh, so, but anyway, we don't know. in fact Abraham, <laughs> he was ninety-nine. Nine, says he They laughed, and and then of course Sarah and no, all. That's not going to happen. Of course, God had the last laugh, didn't he? Because the baby did come. And uh, now I think it's important that we're looking at that this morning is that an impossible problem. You know, you wonder it's dealing with the how, you know, how are you going to do this, Lord, you may be sitting here this morning and you're dealing with some impossible problems in your life. Uh, Maybe you have some difficulty with your children or difficulty with your marriage. Uh, difficulty with the business you're involved with, and how is it going to work out? It, it doesn't seem like it is, and you're, you're sitting here this morning, and you're going through a very difficult time, and how, God, are you going to do this? How, how is that going to get this mess that my life is? How is that going to get straightened out, Lord? How? How are you going to do it? Well, you have to understand, this has had to be something that, that certainly Abraham and Sarah, when God says they were going to have children, how could that possibly, humanly speaking, that could not possibly happen, but, but God, but God, a real believer, will expect a miracle without knowing how. How are you gonna do that? How is this gonna happen? You know, so many times that the the, the cares of this life uh, the difficulties of this life come into our life, and, and we have a tendency to, to ask the question, how, how God, are you going to do this? And, and I'm certainly, without question, I know Abraham and, and, and Sarah both had the question, how, God, will you do this? It was a difficulty. It was a problem. And all these things are tough that they went through. The, you know, leaving where he's going to leave, and, you know, you know, certainly the promise that was delayed, and now this impossible situation. But I think the ultimate test, we see here in verse 17. It wasn't, I think it's a, a senseless tragedy. We, we can deal with the where's and the and the winds and the hows, but the why? Why is this happening? Why am I facing what I'm facing? Here it is, verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises of offered up his only begotten son. Whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, according, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. When when I read something like this, I, I, I you know, I look at it. and I think, boy, something's not right here. From a human point of view. Uh, He's asking Abraham to, to sacrifice his son, to kill his son. And I, and, I, and I see that, and I think, wow, that don't even seem Christian to me. And, you know, I wonder what's going on, what's happening here. And, you know, uh, I find myself, you know, when I read the Word of God and my devotions, I, I ask questions about what I'm reading, and how, does it apply to me, or, or does this make sense to me? And, and, and I realize that it's not all about me, I got it. But 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 I look at this and I wonder what's going on. What's happening here? Uh, you know what what is going on and what is God doing? You ever ask that? What are you doing here? Well, I believe what's happening. We see the test is dealing with the area of commitment. There's a lot in life that doesn't make sense. Have you all found that out already? There's a lot in this life that does not make sense. I mean, just just just, just confusing. Uh, you just you know, there's a lot in life that's not even fair. And of course, I realize God. Didn't say that life would be fair. And someone asked me, "Time, do you believe in heaven and hell?" I absolutely believe in heaven and hell because one day the score will be settled. It will happen. Uh, The reason that we do what we do is it's not because we want to become more churchy or we want to become more religious or we want to kind of pack more rules and things into our life. We do what we do because of what the Word of God says, what the Word of God has so definitely indicated to us. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And the reason that we share the claims of Christ with people is because that's true. It's true. It's the thing that motivates us. It's the thing that compels us. we got to get the word of God out. I mean, hey, it's not simply we want to get people more religious. We want to mark you up or chalk you up on our attendance account. No, not at all. We believe that the word of God is true, and we need to get the word of God out. This is real. stuff doesn't make sense. You know, Abraham had no assurance that God would spare his son. Now, he did, but he had no assurance of that. You know, I believe that Abraham believed. I believe that Abraham believed that God could do anything because he's God. and He could do anything, and he has a right to make any demands on my life because he is God. You see, that's the difference between being religious and, and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Whatever he asks me to do, I have a responsibility to do that. Here's the point. A real believer will trust God's purpose without knowing why. If you live this life very long, you're going to ask that question. If you have a family, if you are married and have children and all that and all the things that go on within that family, and of course, you're within the church family, we see things, how people respond, how they do things, you say, why in the world? Are these things happening? Why? Why? Even the contradictions of life, we ask, why? Why? Why did my spouse have an affair on me? Why did my kids get on dope? Why did my children run away? Why? Why did you have that miscarriage? Senseless tragedies. Let me ask you on a little secret here. There's nothing wrong with asking the questions. The whens, the hows, the wheres, and the whys. But the deal is how do you respond when you don't get your answer. And we don't like to, particularly church people, we don't like to admit, it's amazing sometimes we try to do things to make God look good. He doesn't really need your help. But we, we kind of feel well we you know, because you know life happens and we see things happen and you know I found as I've gotten older in the Lord you know and I deal you know I deal with a lot of people a lot of tragedy and things of this nature and, and I found as I've gotten older than the Lord sometimes I don't have an answer I don't know why that happened. but that's the test I'm not a real believer. That's what I have to deal with. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe in God? Careful. Careful. 96% of the people in America believe in God. In fact, the devil believes in God. But what you've got to get a hold of, it takes more than intellectual consent to believe in God. And this is the thing I'm trying to, Help you with this morning. Uh, you know, if there's one thing you could take a chance about, you, can, you know, is uh, you know whether or not you buy your wife the right Christmas present. I I've got the answer to that. She buys whatever she wants. Gives me the bill. She always gets what she always gets the right Christmas present. <laughs> What a country, you know, <laughs> what a situation. So I don't worry about that. That's not one of the big problems I have right now and all. And, uh, but, but I think the thing is that, you know, we, we need to get to a situation that, hey, I, I, can, I can make a mistake. And, you know, and I, you know, did I ever tell you my classic mistake about buying Christmas presents? You guys, let me help you with this. If you ask your daughter to buy a Christmas present for your wife, don't tell her. Don't let her know that your daughter did that because it's, it's not going to be good for you. And Kimberly ratted me out. And so, so, that I, so I say, well, have you made some mistakes? Lots of mistakes. You know, I'm going to write a book, Mistakes I've Made and Looking Forward to Making. And so uh, it's coming. But there's one thing I better be real sure about, and that is, do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Am I a real believer? And a real believer will follow God's direction without knowing where. A real believer will wait on God's timing without knowing when. A real believer will expect a miracle when he doesn't know how. And a real believer will trust God's purpose when he doesn't know why. Let me give you a little fact. Do you know God's relationship with Abraham? He never explained any of this to Abraham. Read it. You don't see it. He never he never. Brought Abraham in and, and helped Abraham to understand the things that were going out, going on in his life. You know, you know sometimes we, ha- we have a tendency to believe that God owes me an explanation. And the reality is that that is not true. And here's the deal anyway, if I knew and understood all the hows, all the wheres, all the winds, all the whys, would I cease walking by faith? Isn't my walking by faith predicated on the thought that I don't know all those things? Now, you say, would you like to know? <laughs> yes, I would. Yes, I... Do you ask? Yes, I do. You know, I, I you know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not, so, I, you know, I take it as we can. But, but God is not required to come to me when something happens and said, Bill, let me explain to you what took place here. For one of the problems, the Bible also says that his thoughts are not my thoughts, for they're much higher, and he could explain something to me And I wouldn't get it. Dave crashes planes for a living. And (laughs) he's a pilot, been a pilot. Kids are pilots. Grandkids are pilots. That guy's into pilot stuff. He could come to me and talk to me about pilot stuff. You know what I'd say? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I have no foundation for that. You know, I don't, you know, I'd have to go through some basic training and understand even some of the terminology you probably would use in reference to like, avionics and things. I know that word, avionics. I <laughs> just happen to remember that. And, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but you know, it, it wouldn't take Dave very long that he talked talk to me. He'd see that look on my face like, are you ever going to stop? You know, and I don't get it. But he really knows the stuff. He's excited about it. It's like God coming to me saying, Bill, let me tell you about God's stuff. I'm going, Yes. But pretty soon I'm not going to get it because his thoughts are much higher than my thoughts. And, and, I, and because, you know, here's the deal, guys. He's God. He's controlling all this stuff. And what he's asking for me, I want you as a real believer to trust me. You may be here this morning and you're dealing with some of these issues. Not so funny for you, is it? Dealing with some major changes about where. You can't stay where you are, but you have no idea where you're going. Maybe there's some delayed promises. God has promised to meet your needs. and Maybe you're dealing with a debt or healing or reconciling with some individual and you're asking God to answer prayer and it doesn't seem to has happened. Or maybe you're dealing with an impossible problem and for your from your viewpoint, how can it get done? How possibly can this thing get done? Or you're dealing with a tragedy in the deepest part of your heart, you're saying, well, why? why? Why did this happen? Why did my kids go through this? Why? What happened? Why did my why did my husband get sick? Or what happened? Why God? So here's the question. How are you, y'all you doing this morning on this test? How's it working out for you? How are you doing with the winds and the where's and the how's and the why's? You say, not too good. Not too good. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 9 verse 24. It's an account of a fellow who, when his child was sick, and he was so, so like any parent would be, and so loved his son and so wanted to see uh, him healed and he, and he went to the, went to the Lord and, 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 and we see him making this statement in verse uh, 24 and straightway the father of the child cried out and said this with tears Lord I believe help thou my unbelief and you know what based on that prayer that boy was, that boy was healed you see it doesn't take a lot of faith it takes a little faith and a big God, if you want some things done. A little faith, and a big God. Now, there's a big difference between religion and relationship. Relationship requires growth, it requires work, it requires effort, and most of all, it requires commitment. And this morning, the question I have to you is very, very basic. Are you a real believer? And you can tell that by the test that this gave you. If there's a problem with that, you need to take care of that. Uh, you, know, you, need, you need not to walk out of here and say, well, you know, this will work out. It won't work out. Uh, you, this is something that if you're not really sure about your, your eternity, and if you're sitting here this morning, you know, well, I hope things will work out. I hope everything's okay. It's not hope. It's no. The Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life, 1 John five thirteen. 13. It's, it's not a guessing. I'm so thankful when it comes to serving God. God doesn't, doesn't give us necessarily a multiple choice or guessing. He said, this is the way. This is the way. And so this morning, there's a question in your mind about this. There's that tugging at your heart. You're not really sure that, 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 that emptiness that's there. You're, you're wondering about that. Why not this morning? Why not, why not take care of that? Why would you walk out of here with that kind of question? Well, what will people think? You know, as I get older, I care less and less. I have to admit, there was a time. And then from time to now, there's time every so often now. But you know, what does God think? I'm more concerned what he's thinking than what you're thinking. I mean, what does he think about what's going on? You may be here this morning, you've trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Do you remember? But man, you are far from God. You don't even read your Bible anymore. You know, well, reading your Bible, that's some churchy thing. Man, you just don't get it. It's Bible reading stuff, it's God thing. Say, what does God think? What, how, what does God want me to do? I need, I need some wisdom to make that decision. It's right here. Here. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed. Write and divide in the word of truth. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy mind not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a lion to my path. Get in the word of God. And however you have to do that, do it. It will change your life daily. If Satan fights me in anything, it's right here. But you have, to, you have to persevere. You have to make a commitment. I'm going to get in that book. And I want that book to get in me. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're, when it comes to being faithful. No, I don't, I don't understand. If the Word of God will change my life, okay, then I need, to be, I need to be a place where I can get the Word of God in my heart. Do you know, on Wednesday night, we actually studied this book verse by verse. Where are you? You don't need it? We need to get in the Word of God. You need to get in. The Bible says forsake not the assembly of ourselves together. That wasn't a big attendance thing. We need to get in the Word of God. We take the Word of God. We go verse by verse. We learn something in the Word of God. You need, you know, you, as you said, I, I know you're, you're committed to a lot of stuff. You need to, January, you need to recommit yourself. You need to get here on Wednesday and get in the Word of God in your heart. I'm just convinced it's time that we... And this is the way we can tell how important something is to us is where do we put our time? Where our time goes, our value goes. Because our time is really the only thing that is valuable. Everything else is just stuff. You see. I challenge you. You need to get back in fellowship with the Lord when it comes to reading the Word of God, when it comes to your faithfulness and attendance, when it comes to your giving. You know. You know, have you been in Sunshine much? I don't talk a lot about giving, and uh, but you know, we need to be faithful in that. I'm thankful as a young person; they taught me what giving was, what tithing was, was giving to missions was, and realizing that that by my faithfulness in doing that, I'm not I'm not garnering God's favor. I'm expressing my love and joy for what He's done in my heart and life. I, I want to impact this world for God, and I know that my participating in that accomplishes that. So it comes to this, guys, and we're done. God is not picking on you. He's preparing you. Do you believe that, say amen if you do. What's he preparing you for? Have you ever asked that question? Isn't that a fair question? If God's preparing you, in your prayer life, do you ever say, God, what do you, what do you want me to do? What, what are you preparing me for? These things that I'm going through, what is it that, that you are bringing, are allowing to come into my life. And and by doing that, uh, I look back on the congregation, I see folks that that I know that God's preparing, that God's working in their life, that they have gone through some really life things, and God is using them to be able to help other people. The, the, The problems and the difficulties and the tests they went through, now they've come through it, and they can help other folks. And so what is God preparing you for? And have you ever even asked that question? Or have you lived a life that's just basically about you? But God is not about you. It's about Him, and He's preparing you. Number two, difficulties is common to our life as a test. You, you need to understand that. Nothing happens to you that's not Father-filtered. I don't believe anyone can even talk to me that God doesn't let them. And I wish God would stop a few people. <laughs> You don't seem to be getting it done. But, hey, you know, when that happens, though, you know, uh, and and, and, and what they may be saying is totally off the wall, whatever. Hey, I need to hear that. If I don't learn from that, then I missed an opportunity. Because whatever these tests that I'm going through, whatever these things that I'm happening, you say, well, do you pass every test? No, I don't. Have you ever messed up? Yes, I do. "Are Are you sorry about it? Yes, I am. But that's, that's the life I'm living, and it's a, it's a constant. It's a, I, I, I think sometime I want to I get a little sign. Put it right here. Ready? Under construction. I just, I say, you got it together? Don't have it together. I don't even know anyone that has it together. The only one had it together put him on a cross. So the tests are coming. And here's my choice. When I come out of these, each test I go through, I come out of it one or two ways. I'm better for it, or I'm bitter about it. You may be sitting here this morning bitter. Let me tell you about bitterness. The root of bitterness will defile you. It will destroy you. You will not be able to to overcome bitterness. Bitterness is emotional cancer. If you don't cut it out, if you allow it to stay, it will take you over and it will kill you. Some of you here this morning, you've had bitterness in your life a long time. You push it down, push it down. It colors everything you do. It's through everything you receive, is filtered to that negative part in your life. Oh, you say, well, that preacher, you don't know what those people did to me and because of that, and they're still doing it to you because you're bitter. They're still controlling your life because you're bitter. They're still in control of what's going on. I'm saying, get them out of control. How do I do that? Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them doesn't mean they get away with it. Forgive them means they get away, they, they stop having influence on your life. Because if you're still bitter, they still control you. So I'm saying, let's have them take a hike get out of our lives. It's your choice, though. You can be bitter. Oh, and what may have happened may be awful, terrible. You don't have to allow it to defeat you. You can grow from, you know, when I sometimes I have stuff like happen, that will happen to me, and I'll say, God, help me not to do that to somebody else. What this, What just happened to me? Help me not to say that to somebody else or do that to somebody else. So this morning, kind of an interesting lesson. Difficulties are in our life. You're not going to get out of them. You know what? I don't, I don't want to know difficulties. You know, you know how to get out of difficulties? About six feet under you're out. I still want to live and do something for God. So I challenge you this morning. You may have walked in bitter, and you may have lots of reasons why you're that way. The difficulties have happened to you, the impossible situations, the the, the seemingly promises that haven't come to the changes that are going on in your life, and uh, all that stuff is mixing up in there, and you, you're processing it, and you're processing it in a manner that you're feeling sorry for yourself. You feel like you're being picked on. And if you are a believer, you can't understand why God would let this happen. I always think it's so humorous. You know, hey, it's like I had no responsibility in this. You know, I did make the dumb choice. <laughs> Come on, guys. So this morning, you have a choice. You can remain bitter, or you can get better. That's the only two kinds of folks here this morning. You're walking here and you're bitter. Oh, you may hide it. But it's not too far below the surface, is it? It only takes that much, and you're all of a sudden you're back there again, living it again. So this morning I'm saying, why don't you come, and get on your knees before God. I said, God, I want you to forgive me from that attitude, and I want to forgive that person. And again, it doesn't mean you're getting them off the hook. You're putting them on God's hook. That's what I want, because he's going to do something about it. You can't. He can. I heard someone say one time, the wheels of God's justice may grind slow, but they grind exceedingly fine. They'll handle it. Okay. So you need to come this morning, or you, again, you know, you've heard me, you don't have to walk down the aisle or nail to get anything right with God. You can do it right where you are. I think a good occasion the time It's good to do that, but that's not a, what's important. You do something about it. And it may be you're going to have to do something about this. So maybe There may be some contact you're going to have to make and get this thing straightened out. You may be here this morning, Kenny, again, you you don't get what I'm saying because you don't have that relationship. And you say, well, but I'm okay. You're not okay. You're not okay. If, If God's not in your life, you're not okay. Because there's, he fills the hole. So this morning, The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our convictor. He's speaking to you this morning. Whatever your need is, I challenge you not to walk out of here. Don't walk out of here with a low You don't have to. You don't have to. You know what he says? Cast all your care for me because I care for you. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. We're, We're thankful and grateful for the experiences that we see in Abraham's life and then Nehemiah's life. And I realized father there's folks have walked in this morning they've had tragic things happen in their life. They have come in this morning and, and they don't there's so many questions uh, you know they don't know uh, what to do they don't know how this is going to work out they don't know why. And God they're just in a, in a twirl this morning and there's just such confusion going on in their minds and hearts and and there's things that have happened that have caused them now to become very bitter and cynical and, and sad. And God, I pray that, that this morning somehow the light has turned on to realize they don't have to live that way. They don't have to be that way. And I pray, God, that this morning that folks will, will, will get a hold of this. And that God, that you'll get a hold of their hearts and that this morning they'll realize that, that, that what an opportunity that they have come to this place. It's not an accident, God. It's by design. So, Father, we pray now. May we respond to the wooing of the Spirit of God. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. God has spoken to you this morning. Hey, listen, guys. Sure, it's hard to get right. The whole.